everyone, and welcome back to Across 213. It is episode two. It is Ruby and Annie. We're here with another episode. So before we get into things, we're going to do our weekly struggle and success. Ruby, what did you succeed with this week? I got all of my final grades back for this semester. Yay. We are looking fly. Um, it's a very big accomplishment. I think, you know, good start, strong start. What would be your success of the week? Well, I personally wrote my first exam today of exam season. So that is a success. I finished that exam. Now, what is something you struggled with this week? I feel like I've had a huge lack of motivation now mm-hmm. that I don't have like actual school happening. I'm just sort of sitting around doing nothing all day. What about you? Um, just like I said earlier, I wrote my first exam. So that means I have the rest of them. Right now, I guess I'm having a little bit of trouble with some scheduling. I'm having issues like finding a good balance of studying between the rest of my exams. So, you know, we're getting there ever so slowly. How many exams do you have but Yeah, uh, I have three exams left. Good luck. Ooh, it's, it's tough, but we're going to get there. Um, and by next week, hopefully, I can also be like Ruby and be like, I have nothing to do. I am <laughs> but a free spirit living in this world. So anyway, we're going to jump into this week's theme. We're going to get a little spicy this week. We're going to get into some MBTI personality types. Why? You may ask. Well, right now, it's something that's trending in East Asia, especially among celebrities and I guess among students, too, because it's it's just like how in Korea and Japan, I think I don't know much about China when it comes to this, but it's just like how blood types have like a what, what do you call it? Like it's like significance to it, right? Yeah. The, yeah. So yeah. it's like if if you're an A blood type, you're like have this type of personality but if you're an O blood type you have another type of personality or it's just like zodiac animals as well but I will say that blood types and zodiac animals are a lot more broad than the MBTIs are because blood types and zodiac animals cover a larger like range of people I guess it it's like a larger box to fit people into yeah so the MBTI if you don't know it stands for the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, it's an introspective self-report questionnaire indicating different psychological preferences and how people perceive the world and make decisions. This whole thing, I feel like it's, you can't determine everything off of your MBTI. Obviously, there's a lot more to you than just your MBTI. Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> you don't have to listen to your MBTI. So something to think about, and it's interesting. What the MBTI is based off of is a series of quote-unquote traits. So these traits, which we're going to get into, they're, it's, it's not like you're one trait or versus another. You're not only one of them. It's more like where you are on a spectrum related to these traits. So you could be somewhere between the traits rather than being just only one thing and not the other. And um, the website goes into a lot more detail. We're going to tell you about the website a little bit later. But the website goes into a lot more detail about what each trait means and how they interact with each other and whether you're 
leaning strongly more on one side could mean you're um, more likely to do something rather than something else. So these traits we're going to get into, I think there's there's one, two, three, four, five of them, or like, well, 10 in, in total. But there's there's five categories of traits that the MBTI is based off of. The first trait, quote unquote, is introversion or extroversion, which is your mind trait. And it's how a person interacts with their environment. The second trait is sensing or observing, slash observing, not or observing. It's sensing slash observing or intuition, which is the energy trait. Um, and it's where people direct your mental energy, if that makes sense. Don't worry, we'll get into that. And then the next one is is between thinking and feeling it's like your nature quote-unquote and how we make decisions and cope with emotions and then the fourth one is judging or perceiving slash prospecting so how you say prospecting english um it's like our tactics and how we approach work planning and decision making and the last one, I don't know if it's actually part of MBTI. I feel like they just sort of tacked it on. I don't really know. But um, it's between assertive and turbulent, which is your identity and how you show confidence in your abilities or decisions. So like I said before, these come from the website 16 Personalities. If you go onto their website, 16personalities.com, they say... All over the world, over 338 million tests have been taken for the MBTI. And I quote, they have a modern and reliable framework, hundreds of pioneering studies and available in a number of languages. So it's pretty global, I would say. And even though there's differences in like where you come from and how you grew up and, you know, the society you're in, depending on where you are in the world, it, it's it's pretty it fits a pretty big global audience, which is kind of surprising to me. Now that we have all the definitions, all the technicalities over with, let's talk about the fun stuff, about who we are on the MBTI traits. So each trait combo of five has a name. So there's like, they have like different labels for each one. For me, I am an ISTJT and I count as a logistician. Ooh. I don't really know what that means, but I mean... Yes, I I am an ENFPT or a campaigner. Ooh. Fancy words. So I think what's interesting is I feel like we are essentially opposites on... Yeah, we're basically opposites. We're basically opposites. Um, so for on 16 personalities, when you take the test, for each letter, they give you like a percentage of how much you lean towards each side. So for example, for the first one is between introvert and extrovert. And so I am 60% introverted. And I'm 83% extroverted. I feel like for a lot of these traits, you're more like in the middle-ish when it comes to these traits. And I'm more like, I am 100, like I, I'm more leaning towards one rather than like a middle compromise if you know what I mean mm-hmm. I feel like for mine it's interesting because I think I took this test at the beginning of my freshman year and like the results that I have now is from like a couple months ago but like four mm-hmm. years ago I feel like I had like 80 percent introvert or something and I think it's just so interesting like what happened where did wow, that 20 percent go you know why that 20 percent was destroyed by uh student council president Ruby 
because she is a lot more powerful, confident, and an aspiring young leader in our current generation. And I am proud of her. Thank you. Thank you. I, I have so, made progress. Exactly. Progress has been made. And that's what we're looking for at Across 213. It's growth. Because I think as people, we can all grow in different fields and become better people in general. So anyway, um, when you get your results and it tells you where on the spectrum you farther lean. So because I'm 83% extroverted and only 17% introverted, it says that as an extrovert, extroverts prefer group activities and get energized by social interaction and they tend to be more enthusiastic and more easily excited than introverts how true do you think that is ruby as an i introvert? feel like that's definitely true like i feel like i i don't voluntarily put myself into social activities um i try my best to because i think you know i need that to like grow but like, I definitely, I feel like after like, I spend a whole day out with friends or like I do something, I have to just have like a solid, like an entire night just by myself to like unwind from it. Because I feel like it's just so exhausting being social. That That's pretty fair. I, I personally know a lot of people where it's like, after we do something as a group together and you know, all the laughs have gone down, people are like, wow, I'm tired and like that that's 100% understandable when you're out with a group of people right so the second um letter or like category I guess is between sensing slash observing or intuition so for mine I'm 56% sensing and I'm 52% intuitive you're pretty on the middle on this one I think this is the one where I'm most like 50-50 on. And on the 16 personalities website, it says um, intuitive individuals are very imaginative, open-minded and curious, and they prefer novelty over stability and focus on hitting <laughs> meanings and future possibilities. Basically saying that I am chaos in a package. Do you think it accurately describes you? I think so. Like, I'm pretty sure my nature is like, I'm pretty chaotic. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think I know myself well enough to be able to say that. But I don't know if I prefer, like more often than not, prefer novelty or stability. I guess it really depends on like what the situation is. Because sometimes even though you want to prefer the novelty, you're like, okay, well, gotta be put on my big boy pants and, um, you know, yeah. those types of situations. I feel like for me, I think it just makes sense though, because I mean, I sometimes I'm really bad at looking at the big picture because I tend to focus on like small things and they just, you know, but like, I definitely, if you're like being like novelty versus stability, um, I am probably the most practical and realistic person ever. <laughs> um, I am so realistic. It sucks sometimes. But um, it's just... Shout I, out to I, Dive Studios. <laughs> <laughs> am I allowed to say that? I mean, there's no context to what you're saying. 
Yeah, but like, is there a new trademark? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I think you can say it. Um, but yeah, I am very practical and very realistic. I like to look at things that will actually happen. Um, I tend to not live with my head in the clouds. I just, I, I feel like I tend to be just realistic, which I think is the whole like observing versus intuitive sort of a thing. That's, once again, that's that's not a bad thing. Like it, it's not like um, being down to earth not, and like being real. It, it's not something that's negative necessarily, especially in the world we live in today. Like having someone who's like, hey, that's not a good idea is <laughs> I think very necessary in today's society especially because you know you still have people that are not following rules such as the stay inside don't hang out with your friends please please stuff like that um yeah it's it's tough but I feel like we all need to have those moments of like it's not what I want more like what I have to do (laughs) I feel like for any of these, if we haven't mentioned this before, but like there is no right or wrong. There is no Mm -hmm. better or worse. I think it's all depends on who you are as a person and you are perfect the way you are as a person. And I don't think either of these traits are good or bad. It's just what you're comfortable with. Because I know personally for me, I hate the idea of like doing spontaneous things, you know, but like... (laughs) For other people that might be their comfort so I think you know we're all different and we need to you know accept each other let's hug virtual hugs everywhere yeah <laughs> okay so the next trait is uh our nature trait so thinking versus feeling I am 78% feeling um I am 58% thinking so by now if you haven't noticed Literally every trait we have is the opposite of each other. And most of them are like, not complete opposite, but they're pretty far apart. Um, I think for this one, I'm honestly, I thought I would get a higher percentage for thinking, but apparently I am not as um, mind empty, nor am I mindful. I am just mind half empty (laughs) half full well rather than like mind empty and mind full it's it's well what the 16th personality websites um tells us is that individuals who feel are more sensitive and emotionally expressive and they are more empathetic and less competitive than thinking types and focus on social harmony and cooperation now i I want to say that's it. It's somewhat true for me because if you don't me know me in real life, I'm like I'm a weak. I am a weak, weak emotional individual. I cry so easily; it's not even funny, right? So, <laughs> except when it comes to competition, though, I wouldn't say I'm the most competitive. Some of my friends might say otherwise, but. I don't know for me it's like I'm kind of on both ends of the spectrum for feeling because like I'm super emotional but I'm also super competitive so I feel like even though I'm 78% feeling it's 
it's weird you know it's just it just doesn't quite make sense to me and then on the other hand for the thinkers are headfuls out there um they try to be emotionally expressive but sometimes overthink which headful um sometimes they think about like themselves more than they do social harmony or cooperation but it's not necessarily like they don't want social harmony or cooperation it's more like they think so much that it's not on the forefront of their thoughts Ruby how much do you agree with this I think it's a 50 50 definitely for the overthinking part I would go so far to say I'm basically the queen of overthinking. I will overthink every single thing. I will overthink every single decision I've ever made. I will overthink everything in life. And um, I, you know, just got to stop thinking. It's really hard to turn off your brain and just stop thinking. But um, I do think this trait, like the nature trait, is the most I don't want to say controversial, but it's the biggest area where people feel like like they agree with their trait, but it's there's still some room of like, I don't know if that's really me. Like, I know what you're getting at. I think it makes sense, though, because like as a like when you look at like decision making, I a lot of the time I don't really take in like it's not like an emotional thing. It's not like a feeling thing. It's like a what is logically correct to do. And like, I feel like I, I don't really like think about feelings that much. It's more or less just like what needs think to be with done. Your brain. Needs to be not done. with your heart. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's not like you're a heartless individual either, right? It's mm-hmm. more like you're not easily overwhelmed or overcome with emotion, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, once again, I'm weak. I'm very weak. If you did, like, I'm, it's kind of embarrassing how weak I am <laughs> as a person. Um, do I cry at every animal movie I watch? Maybe, but I'm not going to tell you that. You cry Don't... at animal movies? Okay, listen, like, Marley and me? <laughs> it wasn't I'm sad. sobbing already. It's I... cry-worthy. Marley and me is so cry-worthy. Oh my gosh. I feel like for me, it takes a lot to make me cry. Um, like I cried during Crazy Rich Asians. I cried during uh, Five Feet Apart. Uh, don't look at me like that. Wait, why are you looking shocked? Is it over Five Feet Apart of Crazy Rich Asians? I haven't watched Five Feet Apart, but I can imagine how sad it is. Um, it's. I'm crushed. I watched the other one on Disney Plus. It was called Clouds or something. I cried at that one. I don't know what was like. Recently, I've been so emotional. Like, I sent you, you that. Like that. <laughs> I sent you that TikTok of that one thing of like in City Dream, and I was like, "We are family" or something. Tears, a ten-second video, and I was like, "What is wrong with me?" Like, my influence is spreading. <laughs> I like, I never cry, and I was like, "What is happening to me?" But um, did not cry at Crazy Rich Asians. I don't know if I can stand up for myself <laughs> for this one. Um, I will tell you the part where I, I did sob. If you haven't seen the movie by now, um, I'm sorry, spoiler alert, but it's your fault. That was like two years ago. But um, the, the part that made me like, so, 
I don't want to say sob because I, I don't know if I sob, but I like cried like a child, right? Was the, was the Majan scene where like Rachel welcomes Nick's mom and she's like, the reason, like, I'm not running away because I'm scared. It's, I'm running away because I don't want, I don't want Nick to lose his mother again. <laughs> she's looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> that was, I, I, I don't think Crazy Rich Asians was a movie where I would have cried. Like, <laughs> that scene was a very emotional scene, but. Once again, sobbed like a child. Do you cry at Asian dramas? Because I can list like a whole no. bunch of Asian dramas that I've cried because of. Yeah, no. Anyway, moving on before I completely just expose myself over the internet. Um, the next trait is tactics, which is pers- uh, prospecting versus judging. So for me, I am 68% judging. And I am... 64% prospecting. I almost said 46. I can't read anymore. <laughs> prospecting individuals are very good at improvising and spotting opportunities, and they tend to be more flexible, relaxed, nonconformists who prefer to keep their opinions open. Whereas judging individuals are more likely to stick to their opinions, still be flexible, but keep their values at the forefront. I feel like as a person I try my best to be as open as possible to listen to people and understand 66% of those with the judging trait say they set specific goals that they hope to accomplish each day compared to 34% of those with the prospecting trait um my daily to-do list feels very called out um (laughs) Daily goals, guys, it, it, it really helps you be productive when you have a to-do list and you see that one thing just sitting there and it's 11.30 p.m. and you're like, I gotta finish that <laughs> before the day is over. Not to call y'all any farther, but 72% of those with the judging traits say they're, that they are focused on and dedicated to their goals and rarely get sidetracked compared to 21% of those with the prospecting traits. Does it mean like short-term goals or like long-term goals? I think you mean short-term goals, like daily goals. To be honest, I think that's so accurate in my opinion. Because if you don't know, the both of us are are planner types of people, Um, like daily planners. Ruby has a wall planner and I have a pocket planner. I just held up my planner, but you can't see it because this is an audio podcast. But anyway, um, I think you're more likely to be able to get stuff on your planner done each day and like be able to to actually finish things when you want them to be done. Whereas me personally, I get sidetracked pretty easily, I want to say. And like sometimes instead of uh, going along with my planner and actively meeting goals, I'm like, I could do this tomorrow and then move things around. So <laughs> I, I still get things done at the end of the day, but it's just like, it's not where my beginning plan was, you know? Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's more or less, I set these goals to do things each day. But um, if I like really set my mind to it, I will finish it. 
But if that day I just have no motivation to do anything, I will stare at my to-do list and not do anything on that list. Um, I think it depends on like if I actually want to do it or not. Like sometimes if it's like an assignment that I just really don't want to do, I will hold it off for as long as possible. But like, but like sometimes I'll literally just do homework right as soon as class ends because I'm like in the mood, you know, I'm like in the mm-hmm. zone and I'm like ready to go. I think it depends, you know, case by case. Um, and then it says finally, 69% of those with prospecting traits say they jump into conversation from one topic to another very quickly compared to 47% of those with the judging traits. So I guess it's saying people with prospecting traits, like prospective traits carry conversation more easily. I feel that. Um, I hate small talk. <laughs> you know, like when it's like, how's the weather today? Oh, it's great. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. And it's just you actually, silence. Okay, no, no, wait, 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 hold up, hold up. Scratch the record for a second. If you're making small, small talk, do you actually talk about the weather? I feel like it's the small talk. Have you that- ever actually done that? The small talk, more or less, that I've had is just like when I go to student council things and they throw us into icebreakers and it's like find a partner and talk about so and so topic. The more or less the small talk is it comes after we finish the topic and there's awkward silence and it's like, so how are you doing today? (laughs) Um, Which is why I try really, really hard to keep the topic going for as long as possible to avoid the awkward small talk that follows after because you don't, you don't want to stand there awkwardly not saying anything. Um, but I think you're better at just casual conversations than I am. I don't know if that's because like I'm more of a people person or if it's just because I'm talkative in general though. I think it's both. A little bit of both, a little spice in both sections. <laughs> Definitely. I think that has a lot to do with um, 100% being an extrovert. Like that 100% has a lot to do with being an extrovert. Um, but I, I tend to find myself like with small talk instead of just being like, what's up, bro? Uh, what'd you have for breakfast? <laughs> I think it's easier for me to, to like relate to the person based off of activity-based things. Like, it's a lot easier for me to, to walk up to somebody and be like, hey, I saw you at the basketball game last week, right? Do you enjoy sports? Rather than being like, we just had this awkward icebreaker. Um, do you take student counsel often? <laughs> because like, I feel like in icebreaker situations, I don't want to say it's forced conversation, but it, it's it's more in force, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so it, it's I, harder. Yeah, I think I do better when you give me a topic to talk about, you know, versus mm-hmm. if it's just like, here's this person, talk to them, right? <laughs> here's this person, converse. But I think like what it means by like just like going from one topic to another is just like you naturally just keep the conversation going. And it's like effortless versus if I tried doing it, it would be so awkward. <laughs> Discreet versus continuous data. <laughs> what 
<laughs> Why is that so funny to me? I apologize. <laughs> but yeah, there, I think there's a uh, good and bads for that. Like there's pros and cons for that too, right? It, it just means you know when to stop talking and I don't. <laughs> um, my parents say very often that um, I need to be quiet. My minimum volume is seven and they're like, you need to be a two. We're going to get into that a little bit later too, uh, sneak peek. But our final trait or like the trait that's not really a trait, but like a tack on onto the trait is the identity. So I am 56% turbulent. Guess what? I'm also 56% turbulent. Yay. We, we're twinning in like the least possible way. So I don't know where this assertive versus turbulent trait thing came from, because it's not part of the original like Myers-Briggs thing, right? Um, I don't I, I, I don't know too much about it, so I don't really know what it means, but... Um... So rather than like a trait that defines what your trait is, so it's not like if you have a T, you're your one type of E-N- tfp rather than an a but it's more like it's more like a like an accessory trait like an accessory pigment if you know what i mean as turbulent individuals we are more self-conscious and sensitive to stress and we are more likely to experience a wide range of emotions and be success driven perfectionistic and eager to improve how much do you agree um I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, the perfectionist part. <laughs> the um, what else was it? I forgot. Um, it's also success driven and eager to improve. I think success driven definitely. Um, I think just the way that I was taught growing up, it was just more or less like you're searching for success in one way or another, but it doesn't mean like, you know, like financially or like one day I want to be so-and-so or what or what. I think it's just like the small successes and the big ones. It's like always trying to get to a certain point, if that makes like sense. Like inner success. Yeah, like I, I feel like that part makes sense. It's not like I'm always trying to get somewhere. Like I will not aimlessly wander <laughs> with no goal in mind, I guess. I don't know. Um, it also says that 79% of those with the turbulent trait say they think a lot about their regrets compared to 42% of those with the assertive trait. Wow, thoroughly called out. I've been splayed out on a silver platter. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people think about their regrets though. This whole thing has just been calling me out on so many different levels. That's what it's built to do, baby. That's. <laughs> I think like everyone definitely looks back on their regrets, but I think like maybe like for turbulent individuals, you like look Brew on it back on it more because I definitely, I have thought about decisions I've made like two or more years ago that I'm like, man, I should not have done that. <laughs> Facts. Even though it's like, it's already in the past and you can't change the past. But, you know, like, 
I think it's until we invent time travel. Still in the back of my head. I think I think we're we're more prone to being um, more connected to people that way as well. If you know what I mean, like we're rather than being driven by emotions, even though I am, it's more like thinking back to regrets regarding things we could have done better for other people if that makes sense that was a mouthful um I hope you understand what I mean though I think that sort of connects to the whole idea of like eager to learn because I think definitely for me with like regrets on like mistakes I've made or things that I've done I think they're all opportunities to learn and to better myself as a person you know like I think all your regrets all the mistakes that you've made I think everything happens for a reason and sometimes those things were just made to hurt you, but then make you a better person because you came out stronger. That's so cheesy. But it was so inspirational. I think we should read the assertive side and see how we are not assertive. The assertive side, okay. So 93% of those with assertive identities say they feel confident facing day-to-day difficulties compared to 62% of those with a turbulent identity. Hmm. Ooh, that hurt. Um, going even farther, 94% of those with the assertive identity say they have a healthy ego compared to 58% of those with a turbulent identity. A healthy ego, do you think you've What does a healthy ego mean? Um, according to this website, a healthy ego is where you grow up with a loving sense of self, a solid resiliency, the ability to problem solve creatively, and the capacity to develop meaningful relationships and a sense of meaning. While an unhealthy ego is like a shield protecting us from the outside world, but also preventing us from loving ourselves and our lives. So an unhealthy ego will like force you, not force you, but makes you do what's comfortable and to like stay in your comfort zone. And it's, I guess just the, the way you look at it is like an unhealthy ego is just rooted in fear and like what you can't do. But like a healthy ego is stuff that's like, you're like, if I'm looking at it, like an unhealthy ego is like the dark side and the healthy ego is like all sunshine and flowers. Once again, um, what the MBTI is based off of, it, it, it's, it's not like scientific fact, right? It's just what the majority of people, like it's based off of, um, I think like crowd data or something like that. But um, it, it does make sense, right? To have a healthier ego than an unhealthier ego, dark versus light side of the moon type of thing. But I, I feel like a lot of people have to grow into a healthy ego, right? It's not like um, people are like born with a healthy ego. It's something, especially nowadays in the 21st century with everything like influences, especially in like media and because everything's so interconnected, having a healthy ego is, I don't wanna say more difficult because nowadays there's also more resources, right? But it's just, it's harder to try to convince yourself into taking the first step towards a healthy ego. I think definitely, I, I feel like you can like go between the two because I can like get like if you have like an unhealthy ego because 
maybe something happened that like makes you think that way but I think it's also you know it's a learning a learning process I guess where like you can go from unhealthy to healthy but you can also go back to unhealthy because of something and I mean I think either way you're trying to live your best life and to do whatever makes you the best now that we know our types we're going to talk about our compatibility so um this is from a website called truity.com it's many pages of reading a lot of paragraphs but um annie has so kindly summarized it for us because she is amazing um so i think for us because we are such opposites um we have quote-unquote some very fundamentally different views but our differences will help each other learn and grow how do we feel about that i feel like that's pretty true actually um it's not like it's not like you believe in one type of like economic system and i believe in the other like (laughs) that's not what that means but I think as as people, I tend to learn a lot from my friends that are introverts around me. Like a little bit earlier, uh, we found out that I am chaos in a package, right? I feel like I've learned a lot from not only you, but like a lot of the more introverted people I went to high school with. I've learned how to like chill out, you know, and like sit back in a conversation and listen rather than always being like, gremlin must must attack every word source all the time it's I feel like you you learn better from people that um you want to be or like are the opposite of you so you want to you want to meld together to form the perfect concoction I think for me definitely like my extroverted friends I think they bring out the best of me sometimes because like sometimes I just need that extra you know little push to like do something and so I, I think that and also I sometimes definitely wish that um, extroverts could just give me their energy because it takes a lot for me to gather my energy into doing something. So speaking of energy the next compatibility difference we have is that we have different energy levels and that the ISTJ half of the duo might find the ENFP half exhausting. Do you find me exhausting? I genuinely think from the day that I met you, I'm I've just exhausting. <laughs> not in a bad way. It's just, <laughs> I guess, just a lot of the time. I think just in middle school, especially, I was often tacked on the label of the mom of the friend group. So I think a lot of the time, I like I got into this whole mindset of I have to take care of everyone. I have to keep everyone in check. So I think it was more or less just that part of me was exhausted because I have to make sure that you don't do something stupid. I'm not saying like you as a person is exhausting. It's just to be honest, I 100% would understand if you were like being with you for longer than two hours makes me physically need a nap. Like. That, that would not be um, a weird thing to say, in my opinion. I personally, when I'm around people, I find myself being more extroverted, if that makes sense. Like, 
if you don't know, I'm an only child, which I guess is surprising to some people because I'm so extroverted. But whenever I'm like around my friends or like around people um, I meet for the first time, I guess I do tend to carry that sort of like flamboyant question mark energy. So like it, it makes sense if the um, the poor, poor ISTJ half of the duo has to lay down or sit down <laughs> after being exposed to too much. We balance each other out though. Like mm-hmm. you chill me out and I empower those 18 volt batteries. I feel like the introverts are the ones that are more interesting to talk to. Because once, like extroverts, we're really, um, we're, we're really open books, I would say. Like we're pretty easy to read and like to get along with. But if you're able to really get to know an introvert or like really crack open that beautiful, beautiful clam, they're really awesome people, you know? It, it's just, I, I, I guess it's harder to get closer to them. But once you do, there's a beautiful pearl hidden inside. I think, yeah. Definitely. But just, I feel like when you're, just like you're meeting someone for the first time, I think definitely extroverts. It's easier. Yeah. Ruby, you are my beautiful, beautiful clam. Thanks. I am glad that I am a clam. There's a pearl hidden inside of that gorgeous shell of yours. I think uh, the conclusion of this is if you have introvert friends, get to know them. Find that pearl. Yeah. I think a lot of the time, I don't know, I think in my personal experience, we are closed off because we're scared to talk. It isn't because we don't want to talk to you. It's more or less that we're scared to talk. I think speaking from experience, um, I appreciate it when someone makes the effort to talk to me. No matter how awkward it is, I appreciate the gesture because it takes a lot to go up to someone and start conversation. So speaking of that dynamic, the last like kind of comparison that I had to scour these very long articles for is that the ISTJ grounds the ENPF, whereas the ENPF helps the ISTJ outside that box go crazy. How accurate do you think that is? I think that's definitely true to a certain extent. How, um, how about it earlier, but like the ENFP draws out the voice in the ISTJ, which I think also connects with this a bit because the extrovert helps. Um, I wouldn't say helps, but more or less- Like encouraging mom, it expedites the process. A catalyst? That's the word, a catalyst. Big brain. Can you tell we're STEM majors? Wow, I am a biological catalyst. How do you feel about this? I think it's I think it's really true. Well, for for our opinions and and like the situations we've been in, we think it's true. Like once again, these these things aren't like facts. Um, it depends on who you are and what you've experienced. But in our personal experience and like things that I've gone through myself, I I would say this is pretty true because there have been some times definitely throughout like junior high and high school where I've said something or. I've like did not stop myself from doing and then one of my friends would be like hey no or like chill out or like that's not something you should say without thinking about first right so I feel like um, a lot of the times I do feel a lot of the uh, the grounding that the more um, introverted people give me or just anyone in general. 
I think the general consensus from all this is that even though we are very much opposites, I think we, in some way, we balance each other out. And I think that's really important. And I think that's maybe one of the really big reasons why we have kept our friendship strong for how many years? For six years strong. <laughs> I think it's just six? because... I think six. I think that's definitely part of why I think we were able to just keep it going. So I hope people, like, if, if you decide, the viewers out there, to take this test, I hope it doesn't, like, define how you start to see yourself or your friends. Because once again, it's it's not like this is who you are now, right? It's just, just like a fun little test to see where maybe your interests or where your like sensibilities lean towards. But it doesn't mean that if you and your friend are like the same type, you can't be friends. It doesn't mean that you should start judging people based off of their results. It's just like, it's fun to see what your friends are, but please be kind to each other. It seems that we have come to the end of our episode. Um, we have talked about a lot. I hope this was somewhat entertaining. Um, and hopefully you got to get to know us just a little bit better. So as we wind down, um, our message is always be kind to one another. It's a hard time, especially because right now in Alberta, we have locked down again. Yay! Go Jason Kenny. That's a story for later. It's a hard time right now. Be kind to one another. Uh, check in with your friends. Check in with your family. Check in on those who have locked down and those who have and will never lock down. As always, we are going to end with a song wreck because music is important to both of us. They get us through the day. So we're going to share some good songs. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, as of today... It is December the 9th. You know what that means? It's Christmas. My my song recommendation this week is a throwback classic, Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. That song is so good. Chestnuts roasting by the open fire. Oh my god. <laughs> I was gonna say that song. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I win. Since it is the week of Christmas that we're releasing this, um, I hope that all of your Christmas wishes come true. And so the song we are recommending is Make-A-Wish by NCTU. Which version? Since this is a spicy episode, English version. Hell yeah. So hopefully you like our song recs. Give them a listen. Um, they're definitely very different songs. But that's all right. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Across213. We've been posting some really, really cool pictures that Annie has drawn, and they're really cool. We'll also be posting episode highlights just to, you know, give you the spiciest of each episode in case you missed it. So if you missed it, you can listen to it because the highlight is so fire. Um, be sure to email us if you want to give us episode ideas, give us song recs, um, email us at across213podcast at gmail.com and subscribe to us on your podcast listening platforms. We are on seven platforms? 
blows my mind. Yeah, I can't. I I can only name two. I can name three of them. Anyways, um, subscribe to us, follow us, so you know when we release a new episode. Um, and I don't know about Spotify, but if you're an Apple Podcast, which fifty four percent of you are, according to the data, um, <laughs> give us a five star review because, actually, no. Give us a five star review if you think we're super cool. Don't give us a review if you think we suck. Please give constructive criticism. We are open to learn. If you're on Instagram, tell us your MBTI personality type.、Um, take the test if you haven't already, and tell us your type. We would love to know and see if we're compatible with you because that's pretty cool. Word of warning, though, the test is pretty long. Like it's it's pretty much like a sit down ten minute unlock all of your inner thinking type of test. If you have time, chill out, take the test, tell us what you are, tell us who you are. Maybe we can unlock your mind as much as you've unlocked ours today. So that is the end of our episode.、Uh, we hope you enjoyed, and stay safe out there. We love you. Okay, bye. <laughs>